0: This is a podcast from The Business Times. Sabana Industrial Real Estate Investment Trust is now in the process of ejecting its external manager, which is owned by Hong Kong-listed ESR Group, and replacing it with an internal manager that its trustee is setting up from scratch. Depending on who you ask, this is either going to be a straightforward process that will quickly deliver value to Sabana Reed unit holders, or a long perilous journey that might even result in Sabana REIT being liquidated. Whatever the case, this attempt to internalize the manager of Sabana REIT will probably have significant implications for Singapore's REIT sector, and it may go some way in reshaping attitudes in the Singapore market and corporate boardrooms. Hello everybody, welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul and I'm a senior correspondent at the Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in the Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. We're in the month of August 2023, and many of you will probably already be aware that earlier this month, activist investor Quartz Capital managed to push through two resolutions at an extraordinary general meeting of Sabana REIT unit holders that will see the REIT begin the unprecedented process of internalizing its management function. Quartz Capital has basically been at war with Sabana Reed's manager and sponsor group since 2020, when it waged a bruising campaign to prevent Sabana Reed from being merged with what is now ESR Logos Reed on terms that were plainly unfair. Since then, Quartz Capital has been scrutinizing and second guessing just about everything that Sabana Reed's manager has said and done. It has repeatedly criticized Sabana Reed's performance and questioned the appointment of various directors to the board of its manager. Quartz Capital also mobilized unit holders of Sabana Reed to vote against a resolution at its AGM in April authorizing Sabana Reed's manager to issue new units. Without that mandate to issue new units, the manager of Sabana Reed now has to obtain permission from unit holders whenever it needs to raise equity funding. The way I see it, Quartz Capital's attempt to now internalize the management function of Sabana Reed. Is part of this long-running effort to take power away from the REITs manager and sponsor group and rely less on traditional investor protections, such as board independence to look after its interests. Now, I'll come back to this angle of the story later in this podcast, but let me first talk about how the fight to pass the resolutions at the EGM played out. Quartz Capital requisitioned the EGM to put forward two resolutions. The first was for Sabana REITs' existing manager to be removed. The second was for Sabana Reit's trustee to be directed to create a new internal manager and bring in suitably qualified candidates as directors and staff. These resolutions would effectively render Sabana Reit's existing manager worthless and represented a transfer of value from ESR Group to unit holders of Sabana Reit. Not surprisingly, it ignited a public debate between Quartz Capital and ESR Group on the merits of the internalization proposal that was very fierce and extremely partisan. Now, it's not worthwhile for me to mention everything that Quartz and ESR and Sabana Reits managers said. The Business Times covered it all quite closely over the last several weeks. But suffice it to say that nobody was pulling any punches. ESR went as far as applying to the courts for a declaration that the EGM requisition by Quartz was invalid and a permanent injunction restraining Sabana Reed's manager from convening an EGM. The case was dismissed. The narratives that Quartz and ESR promoted about the internalization plan were also rather self-serving and quite hard to completely swallow, for me at least. For example, ESR presented its opposition to the EGM resolutions as really being about preserving the value of Sabana Reed rather than Sabana Reed's manager. In a letter dated June 25th, ESR Group said the value of its 20.6% stake in Sabana Reed far outweighs the value of its investment in Sabana Reit's manager. In the letter, it said there was no reason for it to prioritize and protect the value of its stake in the Sabana manager at the expense of or to the detriment of Sabana Reit. Yet, Sabana REIT's most recent annual report plainly shows that it paid its sponsor group nearly $7.3 million in fees in 2022. This was more than the $6.9 million ESR group would have received in distributions from Sabana REIT in respect of its 20.6% stake in the REIT. On the other hand, some of what Quartz has said was hard to swallow too. One of the key arguments it made was that Sabana Reit's performance has not been optimal under the current external manager. In other words, it could have been better. Without getting into all the details, Quadz put out a laundry list of improvements the new internal manager could pursue to boost Sabana Reit's performance. This included improving the occupancy rates and adding space at some properties and undertaking debt-funded acquisitions. Yet Quartz was also publicly calling on existing employees of Sabana Reed's current manager to join the new internal manager. Why would you want people whom you believe are responsible for the Reed performing poorly to carry on? Also, the manager of Sabana Reed pointed out that some of the suggested improvements by Quartz were already being looked into. In the end, if you cut through all the rhetoric and half-truths that were bandied about in the run-up to the EGM, and all the spin and counter-spin, I think it's fair to say that the passing of the resolutions at the recent EGM has created some uncertainty for investors. And the market is reflecting this. Sabana Reits units, which were already trading at a nearly 24% discount to book value before the EGM, fell almost 4% right after the trading halt for the EGM was lifted this week. Now, the situation may evolve quickly, but for now, analysts and investors seem to be concerned about a few things. First of all, Sabana Reed has clearly been cast into uncharted territory, and investors could be faced with a prolonged period of uncertainty. The trustee has said it could take 12 months or more to set up a new internal manager. This process will involve two or more additional EGMs to seek unit holder directions on specific matters. The fees, costs and expenses of engaging professional advisors to implement the internalization will be reimbursed out of Sabana Reed's assets. In the meantime, Sabana Reed's existing manager will continue as an interim manager. So, at least in the short term, Sabana Reed is clearly going to incur higher costs. What is unclear is how smoothly the whole process will go. Will unit holders pass the necessary resolutions at the coming EGMs? Will the employees of the existing manager stay on during the transition period? And perhaps most important of all, will Sabana Reed's lenders remain in place? A lot has been said about Sabana Reed's bankers having the right to demand immediate repayment of its loans in the event of a change in manager. But the banks have so far said they do not have enough information to make any decisions. It also remains to be seen if Sabana Reed will really be better off if it is unshackled from ESR Group. Will it benefit from cost savings as a result of not having to pay management fees any longer? Or will these economies be more than offset by higher debt costs as a result of the manager no longer being backed by a large sponsor group? Quartz Capital and ESR Group will probably give you different answers to these questions, and at some point, one of them will suffer the embarrassment of being wrong. But for now, these are questions the market seems to be grappling with. So, should investors bet Sabana Reit will eventually succeed in internalizing its management function? Why has Quartz chosen to push Sabana Reed down this path, despite all the risks? And why does it appear to have such a strong following among retail investors in Singapore? I'm going to talk about that next. Lens on Singapore, a monthly podcast series from the Business Times podcast team on current affairs, societal issues and government policies explored through the lens of how it impacts us here in Singapore and in the region, anchored by Claressa Montero and Howie Lim. Every third Monday of the month, And now, back to -to mark-to-market from the Business Times. At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that Quartz Capital had campaigned against the attempted merger of Sabana REIT and ESR Logos REIT back in 2020. This was, of course, not the only merger of two REITs with a common sponsor. A number of other such REIT mergers took place around the same time, under groups like Capital Land, Fraser's Property, and Maple Tree Investments. And in some of these deals, the exchange ratio left minority investors on one side of the transaction or the other feeling shortchanged. And because the managers of both REITs were ultimately owned by the same sponsor group, the feeling of injustice was amplified. Basically, minority investors on the wrong side of the deal felt that their manager was promoting an unfair deal, or at least allowing an unfair deal to go through because it was owned by the sponsor. Of course, the sponsors had not set out to shortchange minority investors. These mergers were really part of their effort to keep their REIT platforms viable amid shifts in their own businesses. I talked about this quite a bit in episode 13 and episode 16 of this podcast series. The problem with the proposed merger of Sabana REIT and Esr Logos REIT was that the degree to which minorities of Sabana REIT were being shortchanged was rather egregious. And some of its minority investors, specifically Quartz Capital, were ready for a fight. Now, one of the things that Sabana Reit's manager emphasized at the time was that it acts independently of ESR Group. So it made up its mind about the merits of the merger on its own. Sabana Reit's manager still says it's independent of ESR today. One of the things it said when it responded to Quartz Capital's EGM requisition was that all its directors comply with the criteria of independence set out in the Singapore Code of Corporate Governance, the Securities and Futures Regulations, and the Singapore Exchange Listing Manual. ESR Group also jumped in, and said it does not have any nominee directors on the board of Sabana Reed's manager, and pointed out that its interest in Sabana Reed's manager is held through an independent trustee with full discretion to make all decisions. But for investors who feel short-changed, this form of independence is really meaningless. And in a nutshell, I think this is why Quartz Capital has been able to maintain a strong following among minority unit holders of Sabana Reed. The attempted merger with ESR Logos REIT left many of these investors with a sense that they cannot rely on the supposed independence of Sabana Reed's manager, and that they need to take some of its power away. Clearly, if the management function of Sabana REIT is successfully internalized, without destroying too much value for unit holders in the short term, we could well see more such activist investor activity in the local market. And it could make it harder for controlling shareholders and REIT sponsors to hide behind the supposed independence of their boards. This would be a positive development in my view. Investors ought to closely scrutinise the value that sponsor groups of REITs and the controlling shareholders of companies bring to the table. And they should make their presence felt at shareholder meetings, not just by asking questions and appealing for change, but by voting against resolutions that do not seem to be in their interests. Stock investing isn't just about understanding a company's business and figuring out its potential value. It's also about gauging the attitude of its board and management towards minority investors, and occasionally taking steps to adjust that attitude. Of course, one reason Quartz succeeded in getting its way at the recent EGM is because it's not a small minority unit holder. According to the EGM Circular, it holds more than 14% of Sabana units. Another investor, Velare Group, holds a further 16% of Sabana Reed's units. Combined, the stakes held by these two investors is larger than ESR Group's own 20.6% interest in Sabana Reed. Most minority investors do not have such clout and often rely on the guidance of the board when making decisions. This brings me to the issue of what regulators could do to put more power in the hands of minority investors. Right now, a lot of time is spent refining the definitions of independence, and little attention is given to preventing major shareholders from entrenching their positions. One of the lessons from the unfolding Sabana Reed story is the enormous importance of a REIT's lenders. Unit holders of Sabana REIT were warned ahead of the EGM that a change in manager would constitute a review event that might result in the REIT having to immediately repay its outstanding loans. This is quite a frightening warning because it brings into question the very survival of the REIT, and the fact that the resolution's passed anyway speaks to the frustration that unit holders feel about the way they've been treated by the manager. Bankers insist on review event clauses to protect themselves from nasty surprises, but the Sabana-REIT case has highlighted, in my view, that these review event clauses may also amount to a poison pill that could prevent a manager from being removed. The way I see it, Singapore's market regulators should look closely at how REIT managers work together with their lenders and ensure that they are not acting in ways that prejudice the long-term interests of unit holders. So is the sell-off that Sabana REIT has suffered a buying opportunity? My own view is that Sabana REIT would garner a certain cachet if it were to successfully internalise its management function. In a market where every other REIT is externally managed, An internally-managed Sabana REIT would stand out for offering possibly closer alignment of interests with investors. But a lot really depends right now on how the key players in this story choose to behave in the months ahead. While Quartz, Sabana REIT's manager, and ESR were all pushing narratives that suited their own agendas ahead of the EGM, it would help if they put their differences aside now and act in a manner that stabilizes the REIT. That means reducing uncertainty by making more information available to investors and perhaps exploring alternative routes to internalizing the management function of Sabana REIT in a less chaotic manner. In a recent mark-to-market column, I suggested that it might help if ESR Group were engaged in a dialogue about injecting the existing manager into Sabana REIT. After all, the manager is destined to become worthless once it's replaced by an internal manager and Quartz has plainly stated that it's happy to have the current manager's staff work at the new internal manager. Even if ESR Group were to be paid a price higher than the cost of setting up an internal manager, a deal might still be worthwhile if it means that Sabana Reed faces a shorter period of uncertainty. Of course, this twist ending to the story might just be wishful thinking. After fighting one another so aggressively, it could take a while before the warring parties decide it's in everyone's best interest to work together. Nevertheless, some of the statements made right after the EGM do signal that these key players want to preserve the value of Sabana REIT. ESR said that it expects the trustee to quickly appoint appropriate advisors and come up with a comprehensive plan and next steps to safeguard the interests of all unit holders, setting out the timelines and cost estimates for each step in order to minimize the period of uncertainty and any adverse risk in the process of internalizing the management function of the REIT. Donald Hahn, the CEO of Sabana REIT's manager, also struck a positive tone about the future of Sabana REIT right after the EGM. A statement from him reads, I've often said that Sabana Industrial REIT is small but significant. Indeed, it has proven this point with today's landmark EGM outcome. He went on to say, the REIT will now commence the internalization process and redefine the Singapore REIT landscape. Many unit holders of Sabana REIT will probably be hoping he's right. That's it for this episode of Mark to Market. I'm senior correspondent Ben Paul at the Business Times. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg/podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only.